0: Hello, welcome to another episode of uh, SoFly. It's uh, it's the end of August-ish. Yeah, it's the end of August. And uh, we're back in the uh, CBC building in our new podcasting home to record another episode. My name is Mitch. Uh, welcome to the show. Of course, we've got Gab here. Hey, what's up? We've got Yelma. Hey, guys. And we have a very special guest joining us for, uh, back from up north. He's been up there for the last uh, two months. Yep. Guiding out of Plumber's Lodge. Alex, Alex Ginther, how's it going? Good, guys. Happy to be here. Yeah, welcome to the show. Welcome, Thank you. Welcome, welcome. We're very happy to have you on. This is very serious. It's like a real studio and everything. Oh, yeah. It is. Yeah, we mean, funny we, mean,
1: we mean it. Love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, the sound's been really good. Hopefully everybody out there likes it. If you have any problems, just hit us up via email. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining us today. We got a couple beers going on. We're ready to talk about your travels north. Yep. I've seen a couple pictures and it looks insane. Yeah. It's pretty much the coolest place on earth. (laughs) It's insane, right? Yeah, it's a whole other planet. Aldo showed us a picture of a uh, char you got the other day. You helped guide,
2: and it was like I don't even know. Yeah, it was great. It was like, was that the forty pounder? No, that was a laker. No, those are lake
3: trout. A forty pound char would be incredible. They exist. They're there, but they're very hard to catch. But so what'd you catch? My biggest char this year was nineteen pounds. So it was a nice, nice male. (laughs) Nice male nice male fish. Biggest one on the season, I think, was 27 pounds
0: out of the Tree River. Oh, so my God. That's there's insane. Some big,
3: there's some big fish in that Tree River. Well, uh,
0: we're going to get to some of your f- best stories from that trip because, like, uh, yeah, just looking at some of the pictures, it looks absolutely nuts. Uh, but first, should we talk about what we're drinking right now? What are sure. we drinking? I don't even know what this is. I, I, to it's be dagger. honest,
1: I, 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 is it Dagger? Because yeah, I got bigger. it from upstairs. No, it's three-speed. So I've I got a
0: three-speed. Three speed, three-speed. Three-speed. Oh. Yeah. Three-speed logger by, uh, is it Amsterdam? And we're drinking them out of Dagger Lager glasses because we're at One Method mm-hmm. at the Combine, which is our new
1: home. And they have Dagger cool Lager glasses. Homes. Yeah. It's a pretty awesome building.
0: It's a super awesome building. It's the old this CBC building. Th- this place is huge.
1: It's like huge. I get every time we've been what here like three times, mm-hmm. four times maybe not even recording. But I never know where is our actual recording studio. I still don't know. I don't
0: know. Like where are we right now? I still now?
1: need Dario to lead us if to you, the studio, If you I opened <laughs> the door right now and told me to go home, I just go to sleep
0: on the floor. Yeah.
3: I
1: just <laughs> no, know how to find the beer tap,
0: and that's it. Find the beer tap in your gut. Yeah. Especially this beer. I like this beer. Yeah. yeah I,
1: this I like beer. this beer. It's it's nice beer. I'm really into laggers these days. Where's your beer, Yelma? Oh, it's on my lap. Oh, I just, shit. I, yeah. didn't, I thought you didn't yeah, have beer. No, like, He's the, the more game. responsible one. Yeah. He doesn't, doesn't tap a the table. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, Alex, so you tell us a little bit about yourself, because you have a bit of an industry background. We know that you work at Drift Outfitters in Toronto for a bunch of the year, right? Yep. You're also, you have a background in law. Yep. So how, like what, how do you find yourself guiding up in uh, the middle of nowhere for two months of the year?
3: Yeah. So I grew up, uh, I grew up fishing, uh, like cottage country, bass, worms, bobbers, you know, as a kid. And then, uh, my first fly fishing trip was probably like not that long ago, like five years ago, probably. And, uh, I ended up on a trip to the Eagle River in Labrador for brook trout, which is like a world-class class brook trout fishery, and I had like two weeks' notice. I had to learn how to fly fish, so I bought like a TFO setup on from Cabellos for like 150 bucks. Yep. and uh, taught myself to cast in the dock, and all of a sudden I was in Labrador catching five-pound brook trout. So I've got like all these photos. My first fish on the fly was a 40-inch pike. Get out of here. And then... My second fish was, like, a three-and-a-half-pound brook trout. And it was what? Like... So I've just been spoiled from the very start. Dude. So I did that trip, and I was like, this is awesome. And before that, I'd, like, dabbled a couple times, but I was kind of skeptical. I was like, this is really hard. Like, I tried in Algonquin on a canoe trip. Yep. and I was like, I'd rather throw this spinner for sure. musky. And uh, But after that trip to Labrador, I was like, this is the shit. <laughs> like, this is awesome. So since then, I've been, like, hardcore. Like, obsessive is the word that I would use. So that uh, that same year... Probably, yeah, probably that same year, I was at Plumber's Lodges, which is where I guide in the Northwest Territories, with my dad and my brother, and it was a year up there in 2014 where they had this huge uh, set of forest fires near their lodge on Great Slave, and they had to evacuate that lodge while we were up there and bring all the guests to uh, to Great Bear, and uh, so a bunch of the guides from Great Slave wouldn't come to Great Bear because they live in the area, they've got families and homes, And so they found themselves with all these guests coming and not enough guides. So my guest, or my guide, sorry, French Carl, went to the manager, Chuck, and said, you should ask my guest. He's got a boating license. He's got his first aid. He knows how to drive a boat. He could totally fill in if you can't find anyone else. Chuck was like, "That's ridiculous." I'm not asking a guest to guide here. It's the eighth biggest lake in the world. Like, <laughs> bad things can happen. Like, this is not a good idea. Well,
0: dude, you're north too. Like, there's yeah. a safety in. A, oh yeah,
3: it's it's crazy. It's crazy group. north. Like, it's the eighth biggest lake in the world. It's bigger than Lake Ontario. It's
0: bigger than Lake Ontario.
3: Yep. Great it's Bear. Big, bigger Great than s- bigger than two of the Great Lakes. It's bigger than Great Slave. Great Slave's got one spot that's deeper than Great Bear, it's but bigger it's
0: bigger than Great Slave by a bunch. It's, I didn't know any of that. It's did
3: you huge. know
2: that? Yeah, actually, I did. Oh, you almost. It's a freshwater ocean knowledge, no. and I don't know
3: anything. That's great. It's massive. <laughs> so, insane. anyways, forty-eight hours later, he was like, "We've like, I'm stuck. Like, show me which guy." So, yeah. it pulled me into the out of the guest dining room into the guide dining room. I was like, you gonna do this?" I was like, got I gotta ask my dad." So, I asked my dad, and he was like, "If you don't do this, I'll disown you. This is the cool. <laughs> this is the coolest thing you're ever gonna do in yeah. your entire life. You have to do this." Yeah. So totally, I told. Totally. I told Chuck. I was like, "Yeah, I'm in." So I watched the plane land, and my dad and my my guests got off. And my dad and my brother got on the plane, and then the plane took off. Yeah. And Chuck looked at me. He's like, "Well, you're in it now. I'm like, <laughs> those are your guys." Oh, so man. I did that week. I followed French Carl around like a dog for a week. And uh, at the end of the week, Chuck, the manager, was like, you "Did a good job. Like, do you want to stay for another two? I could really use you." And it was right in between my my lawyer licensing stuff, which is kind of the other part of my life yeah and so it worked out perfectly i was like yeah i'll stay for another two yeah and uh, i stayed for those two and at the end of the season he's like you're one of the boys you're on my roster if you want a job here you've got a job whenever you want I and that was, way. that was five seasons ago so five seasons were you ago.
1: already a guide and sit at that time No, or no? i had never taken anyone fishing
3: other than like cottage country get in my boat let's mm-hmm. grab a beer and go catch some bass so and that's why yeah yeah no it's it's been awesome like i was there after uh I was a summer student. I went to law school at Queens, and uh, I was a summer student at a big downtown firm, so I had a break then, and then I did my articling, and after you finish your articles, which is like a paid internship, then you end up with uh, like two or three months off in the summer, which was great, because then I went back up. The year after that, I could only do a cameo, so I think I did like two or three weeks. I took my vacation and just like turned the phone off and went and did it, and then the last two or three seasons, I've been able to do like the full seven-week season, so it's just slotted in really nicely. And right now, the reason I can do it is because I work six months on, six months off at a downtown law firm. So, oh really? I still practice corporate commercial law, but I only do it from September until February. Oh wow! And then I guide in Southern Ontario and work at Drift uh, through calm waters fly fishing with Jeff Parks. Who you guys had on, I think, uh, Was
0: earlier in the, in the F- year. Yeah, April? sixteen, I think. Yeah. Episode sixteen. Yep. 18, yeah. Eighteen. Eighteen. One of those.
3: Yeah. So I do. I do some guiding for him uh, in the spring, and then in the summer I go back up to the back up to the lodge.
0: So dude, you. It sounds like you've got. Uh, Shit figured out, for lack of a better term.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah for now, for sure. Mama pajama. I end up, I end up with kids or a mortgage or yeah. something like that. But for now, I can run away. i got a very patient girlfriend, so, <laughs> so that's that's great. But so, uh, and,
1: and the law firm, they're like, they know you. They're like, yeah, yeah, you can be here for six months, and then uh, it was their idea. Like it was a, their idea. Okay, that's yeah, pretty cool.
3: I practiced full time for three years, and uh, I probably spent a, f- a year and a half at one firm. And I was like, I'm done. I'm out of this. I don't want to do this anymore. This is awful. And shortly after that, I got put in touch with this firm. I was like, we want to find people who have other interests that want to do some things the rest of the year. And uh, it sounds like that's what you're into. So how do you feel about working half the year? It sounds like you've got another way to make some money.
1: So. That's a Basically, pretty cool That's really such an cool awesome formula. way to yeah. build a business. Yeah. Super yeah. open-minded, so very
3: progressive. Yeah. So I'm kind of the it's guinea really pig smart. for this. They haven't done it with anyone else and no other firms ever done it. So really, if really it works smart. with me, hopefully it's like a bigger thing because there yeah. are lots of people kind of of our generation that are like I don't want to do this mm-hmm. the way that, you know, our parents yeah. have done mm-hmm. it and uh, anyways, yeah, it's back it's back working mine. for me right now and much. It lets me go do the cool stuff that I love
0: to do. That's great. Well, I want to back right up. I want to go right back to Labrador when you first got into fly fishing. And I want to ask, because you mentioned you were spinning. So this is a common thing. Pretty much everybody I know, and it's not a crazy thing. It's like, yeah, you get into fly fishing because you fished at one point, and it's like, I'm going to, I've seen this thing on TV or I watched Riverruns Through it or whatever. And it's like, now I want to do what Brad does. Why did you, in Labrador, realize this is, fly fishing is the thing that I'm addicted to all of a sudden? You know, you go from spit throwing rapalas to then catching these fish on a fly rod, and you're just like, that's it, I'm hooked? What is it that did that for you?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't choose to do it. It was definitely a fly fishing only lodge, so I was like, I was either not going or I was going with a fly rod. Yeah. But, you know what? It's, It's hard to pinpoint exactly what it was, but there's just so much more to it. Like, it's so much more involved, like... I don't know. When I use, every once in a while, I'll still pull out a spinning rod for myself. Like, if I want to go have, you know, like a little bass fry and cook some bass, like, I've got no problem pulling out an ultralight and going and catching yeah. some bass. Yeah, yeah. But that just feels like I'm catching fish. I'm like, I'm going out there to catch fish. I'm mm. not going out there to, like, go fishing. I don't yeah, know if that yeah. makes sense. But with a fly rod in your hand, there's just, like, there's so much more going on.
0: I think that does make a lot yeah, of that sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 It, it just you're feels.
3: For the experience. It feels prettier. Like, I don't know. I yeah. don't know how else to express it, but it's like, it's just a different experience it's like you know going for a canoe ride on a lake in muskoka surrounded by cottage versus going to some like river in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. we're like it's just a different experience you're doing the same activity but it feels different mm-hmm. so that's that's what got me into it i've never
0: gone back like it's 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 what i love i love yeah. doing it it's a great way to put it actually cuz that's a, i sort of feel that way too. Like when you're going fly fishing, you feel like you're going fly fishing and it's different from casting spinning around on a dock at night. Right. You know, like drinking a a bush lager. Mm, a natty ice. Oh, crush bush outdoors, <laughs> baby. If you're listening. <laughs> Colt forty five. Yeah. Go right Cold to the bottom. <laughs> but you're totally right. I know exactly what you mean. Because yeah, like fly fishing does offer that that sort of um I don't know, that yeah, more specialty. It's just like an innate thing. That just feels better. I don't know. Yeah. It's and it's true. funny.
3: I'm the kind of guy who's very resistant to, like, if there's a Netflix series that everyone's watching. Like, I still haven't watched Game of Thrones. I have not watched a single episode Me of either. it. Because everyone's either, like, so it's the shit. Okay. you got to watch it. So I naturally don't want to do it. Yes. So when my brother and some of his friends and my dad were like, you love this fly fishing thing. You have to try it. I was like, I don't want to try that. That looks stupid. I don't yeah. want to do it. <laughs> and then... Like You're the, the guy
2: when, you know, someone would tell you don't press the red button. Yeah, I'd be like, mm. Mm. pushed it. yeah, or they'd say press it, and I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: So then
3: as soon as I tried it, though, I was like, oh, I'm all in. Just yeah. like the Netflix thing. Watch the first episode of Sopranos. You're in for You're six hooked. seasons. You oh. can't stop. For me, it's the same thing. I was like, oh. I don't want to try it. I don't want to try it. Thank God I tried it because now yeah. it's just like an integral part of my life that mm. just kind of So I think the all
0: in thing is true, too, because like Yelma's a good example of that. You start fly fishing, and all of a sudden, it's like all you, you want to go back all in on fly fishing Mm -hmm. like you want to buy the stuff you want to get to the river as much as possible like it's fly fishing only stuff you
2: know what i mean yeah exactly like that's what you were like when you got into it yeah yeah i I, when i got my well to be honest i just woke up one morning and i'm like i'm gonna fly fish that's exactly how it happened and i just told everybody and then one person got me my ex-girlfriend's father uh got me a um uh clear water yeah. yeah, Crystal what, clear water. Orvis, yeah, yeah Orvis clear yeah. yeah. water, for yeah. The Bass yeah. Pro and <laughs> 150 bucks, but it's a wicked uh startup, a um, little setup. Went out and I was hooked. Yeah. You know, no pun intended. Got some Lessons from uh, who was oh yeah I got uh, some lessons from Murray. um, Murray's fly fishing. I yeah. don't know if he's still doing the you know the, the lessons. Know. Yeah, he, still he I think he probably I think he is. is. I
1: think he's, he's awesome. think he's still around. Oh, he's yeah. the
2: man. He is the man. Nice dude. Nice dude, man. Uh, As great, great. But lessons. that's it.
0: It's like you and then you were like I'm I'm in. I'm buying I'm buying a new rod to go steelhead yeah. fishing. I'm buying new waders. I'm getting yeah. saltwater boots. And then yeah. three years
1: later going to the <laughs> <saltwater> grand. <laughs> <laughs> grand. And then three years later
2: you're on a fly fishing podcast. Forty inch. And this is nothing to. I'm not putting aside spin fishing. You know, but I mean, they're 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 all cobwebs. It's still fun, up, you know. It's still fun. I know what
0: you mean. I went all in. I was just up at a cottage this weekend, a fan, the old Doosling family cottage, and uh, Unky Joe guest uh, we had on episode four and ten, I think. One yeah, of those. He came twice. He came yeah. twice for sure. He had a spin fishing rod. He actually found in the Grand River in Caledonia. It was like he was like, I found this in the Grand at this thing and he was like the handle was just sticking out he pulled it out and he had cleaned it up and we were just casting off the dock and smoking his cigars and it was the best but like you said fly yep. fishing is one of those things you sort of just get into and then it's just like i just want to immerse myself as much as possible in it yeah mm-hmm. and it's weird
3: but it's true for sure i mean well i'm sure we'll get to this in a bit but at the lodge like i'd say probably like 85 percent of my guests are still conventional fishermen up there it's a very old operation that's very tailored towards the clientele that still fishes conventionally, but fly fishing is a growing segment there. And I guide fly fishermen because fly fishing is what I do for a lot of the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I've got, as you said, like I've got nothing against conventional fishing. A lot of the times it makes a lot more sense Mm -hmm. than fly fishing just practically. Um, but yeah, for my own personal, my own personal fishing, if I'm booking a trip, I'm not like, where can I go throw a spoon for the salmon? I'm like, where can I go swing a fly? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Huh. That's rad. So, how long... You said it's been five seasons you've been at Plumbers.
3: Yeah, I just finished season
0: number five. So, Plumbers... I don't know much about Plumbers Lodge. Yep. What kind of guiding is going on up there? What fish are you going for? What are the
3: what are the waterways? For sure. So Plumber's Lodges operates on Great Slave Lake and Great Bear Lake in the Northwest Territories. Um, so it's a family-owned operation. They first started exploring on Great Slave in the 1930s. So like 1938, I think, they found the Great Slave Lake Lodge location by canoe, and that's on the east arm of Great Slave Lake. Uh, so a fair drive-by boat away from Yellowknife. So it's a part of the lake that a lot of people from Yellowknife don't fish very often. Uh, a lot of Great Slave Lake is tailored to pike. Like the North Arm has world-class pike fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Eastern, yeah, of course. How big? Uh, sky's a limit. Like fifty-inch pike 50. would be so,
2: musky-sized pike. And yes. Okay, so what are the colors with these pike?
3: Uh, they look fairly similar to like an Ontario color pike. They're like a little bit softer, I think. Like they're not quite as green on the back. Like a lot more of the beiges in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the water is pretty stained, I think. I've never guided for Pike on Great Slave. I don't think if you've ever actually fished on Great Slave, to be honest with you. Mm. But uh, lots of photos. Like, there are lots of good operations on the lake that are tailored to Pike. Plumber's Lodges, like, they have... On Great Slave, they have pike fishing that you can go do, but the focus is definitely on the lake trout. Nice. Like, the east arm is deeper than most of the rest of the lake, so it's not as conducive to pike. But most of the fishing there is, like, 200 yards from the lodge. Like, a lot of the big fish photos they have have the lodge in the background. So, yeah, the
2: reason why I asked about the colors and the intro is because Mitch caught the only, like, silver. Because our, our water, <coughs> on the Attawapiskit River... Um, the, the first pike that Mitch caused, the first forty five inch <laughs> pike that Mitch very caused, silver it was very silver I mean, it had it kind a, of red very fins s- did it yeah it yeah I it. looked at a picture recently yeah. it looked hmm. like a muskie but it was a pike yeah interesting and it was yeah. a stained stained water and also I was just yeah curious
3: yeah well it's funny it's funny you say that the uh, again we'll talk about mo- uh, great bear in a second but we've got multiple strains of lake trout on on great bear and the colors vary wildly between them mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Like really? the whole, the whole, the whole spectrum. It's one of the only places in the world with that, and we can we can get into that in a second, like why that is. But, um, so yeah, so Plumber's been owned by the same family since the 1950s when the lodge is opened. Uh, the lodge on Great Bear used to be on a different part of the lake, um, and uh, they moved it. I think in the 70s or 80s by ice, they loaded everything onto trailers and dragged it all the way up the lake into a different arm in a new location. So there's photos of the old buildings that are it was it was I don't even want to, I don't want to say hundreds of miles mm. but like a long way in the middle by of winter. Ice? Yep. On sleds. They put all these buildings on sleds and drag them. If you go on the website there's a video of this. Um it took them weeks. What's so the website? It's probably plumberslodges.com, uh, I think.
1: Um, <laughs> That's insane. It's cr- it's crazy. <laughs> it's well, it, it, but it took the houses parts, by it's, ice. It's a lot easier to to use ice roads than in the oh, summer because yeah, yeah. in the summer oh, yeah. it's like swampy and things. the only
3: thing is they did it kind of late winter so that they kept breaking through the ice because they wanted to get things there for the start of the season you don't want to be there in the dead of winter yeah. but uh, yeah so Warren Plummer is the I think I want to say the father of Chummy Plummer who's the current owner Chummy so Plummer Chummy Plummer still alive uh, from Flimflon Manitoba Flimflon Flimflon, yeah. Flimflon yeah, right. Manitoba I've
1: Flim- right. heard yeah. of that name before yeah, yeah it's not the <laughs> first Chummy time Plummer heard that. from
0: Flimflon Manitoba yep. Come on! Yep, this is a movie. That's amazing. Nope.
1: that's real, the best name ever. Real,
0: real guy. <laughs> that's he's the best a, name for so a human good. and he's the best a, name for a town. He's
3: a beauty. He's still he's still <laughs> that's ticking. Awesome. So yeah, they they explored the whole area on float planes and they moved to the lodge uh, on what is now known as Chummy Bay because it was the best flyout location they had. Yeah, because we have two turbo otters and uh, they've had these otters for a long time and they he's I think Chummy said he's owned like twenty something planes in the course of his life. So they had a DC three and. Mm. Some pretty cool aircraft. So anyways, the lodge is now located on the D sarm of Great Bear Lake. That's the main lodge. There's a self-guided lodge uh, slightly south of that where people can go take themselves fishing because there's nothing to hit. Yeah. And then we have a trophy lodge down in the southwest corner of the lake as well. So three properties operate on Great Bear and we're the only operation still working on the lake. So it's the eighth biggest lake in the world and we're the only way to go fish it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. It's
3: crazy. So we have 300 rods a year on a lake that's bigger than Lake Ontario.
0: That's, amazing. <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. Well, that's why the fishing so that's dynamite, ridiculous. right? It's
3: crazy. Yeah. So yeah. you ask about species and things. So on Great Bear, we fish primarily for lake trout. Yeah. Uh, it's the best lake trout fishery in the world. Uh, we also have world-class grayling fishing. Wait, it's and the best whoa. lake trout fishery in the world? Yeah, by far. It's the, the the biggest lake trout in the world every year is caught on Great Bear Lake. Like, really? Our, heard, our biggest fish that. this year was 65 pounds.
0: 65 pounds? <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, what? 65 pounds. <laughs> That's, Sixty-five that's
0: pounds is an insanely big bird trout. <laughs> it's lake insane. trout. That's insane. Yeah.
3: So the sky's the limit. There are Jesus. bigger fish than that in that lake. And that's but Great Bear, you said. Yeah. What? The yeah. So isn't great.
0: Crazy. <laughs> that's insane. It's man.
3: it's it's crazy. So yeah, it's the best lake trout fishery in the world. Yeah. And then we have grailing, world class grailing, and then also some pike, kind of yeah, in yeah. the back corners, of the back bays. But you go to Great Bear to catch. Lake to catch lake, lake trout, to yeah. catch it's Lakers, for that. Yeah. Well, then, the
0: grayling I know are like sort of considered a bycatch almost up there, right?
3: You got to target them, so they're yeah. on any rocky shoreline on the main lake, but you have to make a point of taking an ultralight and a spinner, or you know, a fly to go do it. Mm-hmm. We also do flyouts using the uh, the float planes that we have to go fly to specific rivers, so the Sulky River or the Horton River. Uh, the Horton is the best grayling fishery in the world. Uh, you could. We talked a little bit of this before the show, but you can catch 200 grayling a day, like to the point where it's it's so stupid that you just don't. I'm getting eyebrows. Yelma's yeah. yeah.
0: starting, right. starting, starting to cry. Starting to cry. Yeah, all yeah, those in
2: the background, just like. I y- can see Yelma shaking with yeah. excitement. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it, uh, yeah, I'm a sucker for grayling. Yeah. Well, gotta as catch a, one. I gotta as a, a, catch one. First. As a as <laughs> but, a guide,
3: as yeah. a guide, you're my dream client because we we would we would go to a shoreline on the main lake to go catch grayling, yeah. and you would catch thirty or forty grayling if you wanted to spend a morning doing it, and you'd just be happy as a clam. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Or you could go. You went on a grayling flyout. You flew to the Horton. You'd catch two hundred grayling in the morning, and I would give you pliers, and I would just cook lunch for two hours.
2: Be like, here you go. You're oh, self-sufficient. Okay. Go do your thing. So tell me about grailing. I mean, tell me about the fight. Tell me about the equipment and all that kind of stuff, so that I can prepare. So when I do come yeah. next year, show up with the we're right we're
3: stuff. Yeah. So uh, if you're on fly rod, you want to fish like a four weight probably uh, to have you know some fight to it. Um, <laughs> I for grailing, never fish anything other than dry flies up there. You just don't have to. Um, if you had to go subsurface for grailing up there, it's because it's the hardest day of grailing fishing ever in in the history of Plumber's Lodges, Mm -hmm. but I'll use, you know, like a size 12, 14 Elk Air Caddis Mm -hmm. uh, with 3X tippet um, and a 3X tapered leader. Uh, Nothing fancy. And as long as you can see it and it stays floating like right. you're gonna catch grayling. On the Horton, it's so silly that the river looks like it's boiling like from from current, but it's, right. not. But it's not. It's it's, it's from the grayling. Okay. So what? if you walk into the river and you get a, a drone yeah. shot, yeah. um, the river bottom changes color. You're like, oh the bottom of that river is this like black, murky and, stuff, but it's not. It's brown. It's it's cobble, but it's the grayling moving around your feet. There's just so <laughs> many. It's it's crazy. That's like on the, on the Sulky this year, I had a guy who uh had never fly fished before. And the day before we went, he's like, I kind of want to learn how to fly fish. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll lend you my rod. And he's like, okay, I'm not even going to bring my conventional gear. I'm not even going to bring my spin rod, mm-hmm. which is kind of a risky move. Like as a guide, you've got a guy who's never been fly fishing before. And you're like, don't even bring it. Yeah. <laughs> don't even worry. I'll get you fish. Yeah. And he had his first grailing, I'd say within like 12 minutes, where I'm like, here's a little <laughs> casting lesson. Just take this yeah. and you flop it out and mm-hmm. on a dry, on a dry flight like it's it's that crazy so
2: compared to uh compared to a a fit like i guess a trout would be the closest um based on the setup in terms of fight i just want to know what i'm dealing with like if
3: yeah if you're on a four weight like they're gonna put a good bend in your rod but the only reason you're not horsing it around is because you don't want to break your fly off like you could you could pull them in if you were using a six weight you would just pull them in like they're not a very robust fish they're beautiful and they're very willing because there's no food for them to eat. But you're not like they're not taking drag or anything like that. You're basically you're fighting them to preserve your tackle, not because they're they're pulling super hard. So
2: right, and that's uh, you know Google it every every day of my life. So um, the sizes I've seen, 15, 16 inches. But what are the sizes out there?
3: Yeah. So I think Plumber's currently holds the old tackle world record for grailing at like five and some odd pounds. So like a huge grailing. But your average fish—it depends where you go. Like yeah. lake grailing are bigger than mm-hmm. river grailing because there's just so much more food available to them. Uh, but if you go to, let's say, the Horton River, your average size is going to be between 14 and 18. Mm-hmm. If you go to the Sulky, it'll be between 14 and 22. 22 is um, big grailing. Yeah. And then every once in a while, you'll catch one. And you're like, holy crap, it's big grailing. 22 but is a big grailing. You got to
0: sort through
1: a lot of grailing. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of fish there.
0: And you say there's no food. You said there's no food for them, on the Horton.
1: Anywhere. Anywhere. So, so what do they eat? What's their primary yeah, what source of food?
3: So in most of these lakes and rivers, caddis and midges will be the primary forage. There are also some mayfly hatches as well. But the caddis hatches on the lake are incredible. Like you just end up with carpets and carpets yeah. of them. And you, there's a particular strain of lake trout, uh, redfin lake trout. And they feed on the surface on bugs. They're a, a bug eater exclusively. They're, that's why their size is kind of capped. You'll, you'll never catch one bigger than twenty pounds. Like twenty pounds is a huge redfin, mm-hmm. But they've got beautiful red fins and a brown back. And they're they're caddis eaters. So you'll see them sipping kind of chain style on the surface, like following these caddis, do 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 all the way across. Um, so caddis are prolific in the lake when it gets warm out. Um, and then yeah, mayflies and midges as well. But that's mm-hmm. why an elk care caddis is so effective. Like you can skate it, you can dead drift it, you can swamp it. Um, But yeah, that's the primary food for them. But there are just so many of those fish, and the season is so short. Like, winter ends the start of July. Like, there's still ice on the main lake uh, into July, and then it freezes again in October, November. So they've got, you know, two and a half, three, maybe four months to eat. Um, So it's not a long season. So couple that with a competition with a sheer number of fish. Like, the grayling in particular will just eat anything that you put in front of them.
0: So there's no food necessarily for a certain amount of time in the year, but there's enough food for them for there to be so many grayling mm-hmm. that spawn and exist and right. can live through the winter. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like they Don't just you. they just Tap have to take advantage. To yeah, so yeah, when yeah. you fish them there's it's just colder and it's not really the best time for them. But they'll be fine, they live on. Yeah, it's not like there's this mass thing where they don't have any food and they're all wiped out.
3: No, no, they're there every year. There's healthy right. populations. They they survive on what they have. It's just they're opportunistic, right? It's very
0: interesting. That's really cool. And yeah. there's so many it's that the river changes insane. color. That's not that's insane.
3: Yeah. yeah, there's some footage online. Like we have often we have TV shows and stuff that come up there. So yeah. if if you if you check it out on YouTube, there's some clips that people have of some drone footage of these rivers where you can just you see them swirling around <laughs> people's feet and swimming between your legs. Like it's It's insane. Yeah. It's, it's insane. It's, do, it's crazy. Do you
1: get TV shows every year? Like how, how, how often do you see like a film crew or a TV crew? I'd say
3: in? we average probably one a year um, okay. that comes up to to do some to do some shooting. This year we didn't have any on Great Bear. We had one on Great Slave, but last year we had two on Great Bear. So okay. it kind of works out to one a year that come up to do some footage okay, okay. Um, and they they're they're mostly Canadian TV shows that, yeah. it, uh, that come up to do it. It's
1: really cool. Who's a uh, where where does your decline tail come from more more often? Are they Canadian, more American?
3: Historically, it probably you know, the the heyday of the lodge I'd say economically was probably in the eighties and nineties, just based on currency. And then nine eleven happened and Americans kind of stopped being willing to fly across borders. We had saw like a dramatic decline in American participation in those kind of years. Uh, but right now it's probably, I'm going to say, close to 50-50 uh, Americans-Canadians, as opposed to historically it would be like 80-20 Americans okay. to Canadians. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. we'd have way more American yeah. clients, which is, it's interesting. I, I I think it's healthier now to have so many more Canadians participating because it's a part of our country that people never see. Like, yeah. you learn about it, Canadian geography class, so like here's Great Bear Lake, Great yeah. Slave Lake, there are the other Great Lakes, and you hmm. see it on a map, and there's this huge swath, like, You hear people in Ontario talking. They're like, there's no more land. Like, everywhere is a subdivision. There's nowhere to put people. And then you go up there and you fly from our lodge to the Tree River, which we can talk about in a second. But Mm -hmm. it's, you know, uh, an hour and 45 minutes by float plane, and you do not see a structure. Yeah. Like, we have the only road for 300 miles, and it's cut out of the bush to f- drive from the airstrip to the lodge like there's nothing <laughs> yeah. there's well, just well we experienced
1: there. that in Ontario so like well, you can only thing. imagine what it looks like in the nor- northwest territories the yeah. it's insane it's
0: like you go to northern Canada whatever province and it's like it's like yeah this is like why don't we explore this place like, we, like you said we learned about it in geography class and we were like that's crazy oh my god and then you yeah. go to like you know somewhere else the states or something but it's like Canada's got so many places to go especially like up where you're at
3: yeah yeah it's it's incredible so Having more Canadians is great, and part part of the reason I think we have more is because they've started doing these these shorter trips. Normally, people come up for seven days. Uh, you know, they come from the states or from somewhere in you know su- southern Canada, and they you have to fly to Yellowknife, and we take them in from there. But it's still like a full day of travel from wherever you're coming. If you're coming from Texas, say you've got to fly from Texas, connect somewhere, and then fly to Calgary, and then into Yellowknife. <laughs> you can't you can't go direct. Like from Ontario, you can go direct now from Ottawa on Air North because mm. there's so many. Um, government people flying from Ottawa into the yeah. in, into Yellowknife. But it's a full day of travel. So your seven-day trip is really nine days. And then, you know, you got some time on the side. So you're basically taking two weeks off work to go and do this trip, right? Mm-hmm. But we do these three- and four-day trips now to the main lodge where we're getting a lot of people from Yellowknife, people who live on Great Slave Lake, and they've seen this other lake on the map that's kind of right there, but there's no way to do it. Because right. you, can, you can't do it yourself. It's no. prohibitively expensive. Yeah. But they don't want to go for seven days. You know, it's not a yeah. cheap trip. It's, you know, a bucket list trip for a lot of people. Yep. And so now with a three day trip, it's like much more affordable in absolute terms. Mm -hmm. And if you live in Yellowknife, you don't have to do anything. You walk to the to the charter, the charter, you know, the Summit Air charter thing, and they fly you in, and you're done. So we've had a lot more people coming from Yellowknife and even Edmonton or Calgary, where it's just a you know like a two hour direct flight, super easy. Yeah. So that's great. I love I love seeing people that are like you know I live in, you know I have a lot of guests from Toronto. That's kind of my niche. I get a lot of the downtown the downtown people because that's you know kind of where I grew up and who I can relate to Yeah. and so it's awesome to see people like I've never seen this side of our country like I've lived here for 40, 50, 60 years and mm-hmm. like I can't believe that this is what it's actually like mm-hmm. so yeah the the Canadian participation is great
0: we we love having Canadian people up there Okay hold on, on? I'm going to start it? recording so we're recording now love. What's no, that? You no, gonna to in some no, 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 organizing organizing. Donk Ponk like, uh, dog.
2: I have a uh, joint custody with my dog so I'm just organizing
0: some, like, no did you see what I fucked. said? That's the most Toronto thing <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. You have joint custody with your friggin' dash yeah. hound. Is it negotiated? But, but, <laughs> is there paperwork? No There's one. no paperwork. You need a lawyer.
1: <laughs> a- amiable?
0: His name's Blue, and he's the cutest dog ever. Amica- <laughs> amicable.
1: Yeah, no wonder no no this dog's fucked. Joint okay. custody is not good, man. Yeah, it's not good for the dog, man. He's gonna get, get into weed, it. it's a gateway it's drug, a, it's and then all of a sudden It's a very humanly selfish thing to do. But... I can say that. Stay together for I the I got no dogs. So. Yeah. Are we recording this? Yeah. Okay. I won't <laughs> say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just getting him going. Okay.
0: I'm going to cue you in, Gab, and okay. I'm going to play your music. Ready? I am. Wait for it. I'll tell you when. I'll look. Just look at me.
1: Okay. Hello. This is uh, Gabriel Beasley, your host of the fly fishing news with SoFly. Hold on the suit again. It was too loud. This is so
2: good. (laughs) This is the best segment ever. It was too loud.
1: (laughs) We always fuck it up because I'm terrible. (laughs) Sorry, we?
2: (laughs) We all kind of do.
1: (laughs) We we always kind of fuck it up laughing. It always
0: gets fucked up. That was was good. Do that again and I'll look at you. Wait.
1: Hello, this is Gabriel Vizzo, your host of the SoFly Fishing News. Fly Fishing News, I would say. Uh, This year something so funny happened. Well, so funny. Okay, so we have a hero story today. Isn't it amazing? A hero. What do you mean? A fly fishing hero, and this is what I mean. So a young man on the little, uh, little, the petite Cascapedia River in Gaspésie, uh, a young man of the name of William Drapeau, uh, he's an avid angler, and he's a guard on the river for the ZEC, so he, like, checks people's license and stuff, uh, was fishing. Oh, is it? All right, he was fishing, and then he saw two old men uh, drowning in the river. There was a big haddy, and uh, their waders filled up. One of the men was about to abandon his friend because he couldn't help him. And then he's just this little, little guy, right? So he's like, I can't go pick you up. So he cast his line over them, and they just grabbed it, rolled up around their hand, and he reeled them in. Well, pulled. Pulled, but yeah. He pulled. No, but no, he reeled him reel. in, right? How, what kind of so, rod was he using? And he was fishing for, uh, for Atlantic salmon, so probably an eight-way, something like that. It was using a one-handed rod, I believe, okay. I saw in the news. It's
3: the catch of a lifetime.
1: That catch is. of a lifetime. Yeah. Catch, catch of a lifetime. so many yeah. headlines for Ooh. this. Hero, it's a cool Hero right? Yeah. Catch of a lifetime. It's incredible. Yeah. Reel in, rescue. That's yeah, not a catch yeah. and release situation. Real and rescue. There you oh. go. There's another one. That's a catch and rescue. What's another headline? <laughs> uh, the other headline is uh, um, oh, No, know. What's
0: the other headline you would
1: call this story? Oh, the story. Um, I wrote something here. I think you wrote something. Well, you said yeah, catch yeah, yeah. and rescue. That was pretty good. See, yeah, I'm, just coming, I'm just coming. I'm just coming up with this it. off the cuff. Really He's, got yeah. He's got it written down. A He's got it written down. I know, but I'm French, man. I'm talking real and rescue. <laughs> real and rescue. What's another one? Uh, real and rescue. Catch and don't release. Catch and. Save. Lines? save that's not really nice. No, that's lame. <laughs> yep. Um. That's good. You don't have to. Come I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. I think Dude, that's give me good. A break. That was kind of unfair. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that was unfair. So I think yeah, that's good. They uh they were trapped in a heady, and then uh, the waiters. I've said that before. Cool. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Uh, so man. yeah, I wanted to say congrat Well, we wanted to say congratulations to William, and uh, let's always remind ourselves to carry safety flotation device. Pete, mm. Yeah. But I don't. To you, <laughs> no. I, <laughs> I actually have nice pause, right? But I no. don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not a. When you're waiting, no. Wow. No. I guide with a throw bag. Do you? Yeah, yeah but I mean, it's a good when idea. You, if you're on a boat on the Great Slave Lake, or even just and guiding, it's like you, it's it's long, The river. How cold is this? It's a tree,
3: well, it's cold. Those,
1: those rivers are cold, right?
3: Like, oh yeah, like just about freezing. And yeah. if you're
0: guiding, the last thing you want to do is be like, "I wish I had a throw bag." I
3: got a lot of geriatric clients too. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. good to So they're not they're not power swimming. No, no, no. So no, no, throw, yeah, bag, yeah. throw bag is is definitely a thing that I like having on it Makes
0: sense.
1: Yeah. Do you have those ones that you bowl? Like,
0: yeah. We yeah. should have had we should have had one last year. We should always year when we were yeah. on the grand that one time when the flows were too high.
1: Oh yeah. We didn't check and we're just like, Well, we we're here, let's just go. Not a good idea. But it's like it's like that thing, it's like a waiting staff, right? Yeah. Like even like I got one for my dad and it was like, What the fuck do you want me to do with that? I'm yeah. like, Well use it, you're old. Waiting staffs are good. But like Waiting staffs are good. The
3: waiting staff is for you, though. The throw bag's for someone else. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah. Can't yeah, throw somebody I mean, waiting I mean staff. I'm talking like safety no. uh, equipment, you know? <laughs> Spear them in the I'm head. I'm not very... No. I'm not one to care. Well, congratulations <laughs> to... Uh, yeah. What's so his That name? was awesome. Uh, uh, William Drapeau. He's a hero. William He's Drapeau. He's a hero, yeah. So let's celebrate heroism in fly fishing. A cheers, cheers. to William Drapeau cheers. with his delicious three speed. Cheers to William Drapeau. Cheers, William. And uh, since last time when I did a quote, was that a quote? A qu- no, a sentence: yeah. yeah. It's the name of a quote, you quoted right? somebody, yeah. A quote. I quoted somebody, yeah. Uh, I found another one. It's the, it's the very uh, famous or infamous uh, salmon season in Southern Ontario. So mm. That means elbow to elbow, make your way through the river. The Bucket Brigade. Yeah. So I got a, I got a quote from uh, Ernest Hemingway. I just played I a wicked. Today. I played a wicked sound effect when you said that. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was sick. All right. So here you it like is. You'll like it later. Here it is. Lo, 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 lo. Okay. Somebody just back of you while you are fishing is as bad as someone looking over your shoulder while you write a letter to your girl. Do you get it? Cause like.
3: I'm just mostly concerned about the noise you made with your mouth. <laughs> right
1: yeah, it that. was. It was for articulation, right? Can you say it again? Okay. I'm reading a quote quote from Ernest Hemingway, Hemingway. and I think it's on theme because we are about to experience a very busy river in Southern Ontario with uh, the salmon season coming. Mm -hmm. Lots of uh, big uh, treble hook flying everywhere. Quote me. Quote? All right. Somebody just back of you while you are fishing. No, I want to read that again. There was. I put, I put some space in there where there isn't. <laughs> What's the quote? Just I the have code. nice poetry music playing. I know, the back but hand. I have to have the voice for it. Okay, just. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. okay think okay, think of the old sea. I'm, I'm ready. Okay. Somebody just back of you while you are fishing is as bad as someone looking over your shoulder while you write the letter to your girl.
0: Oh, I see. Okay.
1: Because I, know, guess. Like, <laughs> I go I go to the Umber. Like, yep. I take the subway to the Umber at 7. Mm-hmm. No one. There's no one there. Mm-hmm. It's foggy. It's beautiful. I'm like, yes. My, Third cast. Hey, watch out. Behind you. And, and there's like three yeah, people. Shoulder to shoulder. It's no good. Shoulder to shoulder to me. I mean, so yeah, that was a nod to that.
0: For, to the which one? The quote was for which one?
1: The quote was the salmon season that's coming yeah, up. The upcoming salmon season in Southern, salmon southern season. Ontario. Yes.
0: Yeah. I love how Gab gets quotes for the news. It's amazing. Yep. <laughs> like, hey, here's the news. A quote from Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> Someone watching hey, over a your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's
1: full great. of discovery. Yeah. It's discovery with Gab. <laughs> slash news, slash quotes, slash. Chantal uh, helping you with
2: this? Chantal hmm? helping you with the news? No. She should.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey. One okay. day, one day I'll make it.
2: <laughs> Is that it? it? That's it. That's, that's it. it for the news? Oh, that's all I have. Oh, breaking okay. news. So, yeah. You know, I
1: made it short because yeah. we have Alex. It's yeah, just back from uh, from up north. So okay, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna, I'm gonna
0: sing you out. Here we go. Ready? Okay.
1: All right. This was Gabriel Beasle for So Fly Fish Fly Fishing News. Thank you very much for listening.
2: Amazing. Everybody loves it. People tune in. <laughs> I know this, so but it's, it's dumb as fuck.
1: It's dumb as. Fun. It's
3: hilarious.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I can't yeah. even articulate an I'm English sorry. word properly. No, don't apologize. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. It's part of the fun. <laughs> I mean, we do this and.
1: Don't ask me if people love it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. Hey, Mitch is we, a try.
0: There. we try. We try. We <laughs> try. Yeah, I don't know. Ernest Hemingway is great. I love Ernest Hemingway.
2: I do. Old man do you like C. his
1: writing as a writer?
0: Do you like Ernest Hemingway? As a copywriter, can I respect <laughs> one of the greatest okay. writers of all time?
1: Yes. Maybe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now here's here's a,
3: here's a segue for you. I
0: do love Ernest Hemingway.
3: One of the other great fly fishing writers of all time, John Girac,
0: uh-huh.
3: was uh-huh. at Plumbers, and there are two chapters in uh, – Oh, what is it? Trope bump? All Fishermen are Liars. All Fishermen are Liars. Two chapters, one on Great Bear, one on the Tree River.
1: He That's also great. talked about it in an article in the Fly Fish uh, Journal. I think it was last year about Float Plane. He had a an article, like a, a how do you call that again? Um, Just like an editorial? Yeah, like, yeah. Like editorial. in a magazine? Like, yeah. He's great. A creative nonfiction. Oh, yeah. He's article. great. He's great. That's there's also
3: not not a product pitch because Sims doesn't pay me anything. But there's a a Sims fishing video on YouTube where John Gerak, uh narrates over some sort of like poetry mm. with shots of the tree river and oh that's cool. It's, it's pretty cool. He's, def- cool. he's definitely into that place.
0: Shit yeah yeah that's yeah. A guy. that's that's pretty cool because he's yeah, yeah I love him. He's great.
3: He's legit. He's really,
0: really and great. He's been Other, everywhere.
3: No, again, not to derail this too much, but one of the most interesting parts of his uh, his writing on Great Bear mm-hmm. is insisting that people try trolling flies. Um, on Great Bear, the water's so big, and the the lake trout. They, they follow their follower fish. So they'll mm-hmm. follow for a very long time, like hundreds and hundreds of meters. We use uh, some guys have those water wolf cameras that go like in mm-hmm. a swivel oh, yeah. that you watch mm-hmm. behind, yep. and they'll follow forever and then peel off and come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, one of the challenges about fly casting for lake trout up there um, so, not to back it up too much, but the fish at this lake are very shallow. Like, yeah. we don't fish any deeper on the fly than like 20 feet. Oh, We're water. really? The so cold that you can. Uh, you don't have to go very deep, like a nice heavy sinking leader, like 20 feet of T20 is more than you need, uh, shorter than that if you're casting. But the challenge is that when you cast out and then you kind of co-host strip to give yourself more line and you're pulling it in, they'll follow right up to the boat and then they'll take off because they just haven't had enough time to check it out for that species. They need a longer follow than that which is why trolling comes in. Um, and a lot of people don't like trolling flies. They're like, oh, you know, I, I fly fish to fly cast. But one of John Girak's points was, you know, you don't have to be a purist. Um, you know, this kind of comes into the whole, like, mop fly versus worm fly debate, like, yeah. what's fly fishing? But if you're open-minded, trolling flies is awesome. It's a whole different fight on a fly rod. It's so much softer than conventional tackle. Your, your tippeter leader is lighter. Uh, and it's super effective. And if I have a fly rod trolling for lake trout, it'll outfish conventional tackle 3 to 1 in terms of numbers. Really? Wow. The fly is so much smaller and more natural in profile. Mm-hmm. A spoon or a flatfish uh, that we use, they're very, very aggressive in terms of profile and flash. But mm-hmm. a fly is this kind of small, natural, moving, flowing item. We're using big flies. I put like 12, 14-inch flies if you're, if you're trolling them.
1: 12, 14-inch. Huge. Like- the, the only other time I heard about trolling for flies was on the Lake Champlain like back in the days I think they they used to do that for like a uh, lake trout and also mm-hmm. one anish so mm-hmm. like landlocked salmon yeah but yeah. yeah no it's a thing it's a thing
2: yeah. yeah so would you use two flies at a time like would you no,
3: so if I if I have fly fishermen, so we at the lodge we do this. Uh, we have a, a, a fly fishing two fly fishing weeks that people other than fly fishermen can can book it. But the way that it's structured, you get an extra night at the Tree River, and then you do a grailing fly out. And the pricing works out that you get your your night at the Tree River for free, your extra night. So very popular fly fishermen because you spend more time on the river. Yeah. But when they're when they're on the rivers, they're casting nonstop at the tree and for grailing. So it's a little bit easier to convince them to troll for the lake trout. Like we can cast if there's no wind and if it's nice, but it's a huge lake and they're follower fish. So even the most hardcore fly fishermen, you can usually convince to try trolling flies for these fish. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome because the average size fish there is probably between 8 and 12 pounds. And an 8 to 12 pound trout on a fly rod, if you said you can go catch 8 to 12 pound trout every day, all day, no matter what, people be like, sign me up. That sounds like the greatest fishery in the world. Let's yeah. do it. So if they're willing to to try it. That's insane. A 12 pound fish on the fly is an incredible flight and then, or fight, and, and the sky is the limit. Especially right?
0: so. in a, like a water body like that, because they can just run up and down. And...
3: They don't run, they bury. Oh. They, they, they sound. So they go right to the bottom. Oh. So on a fly rod, you, know, you see photos of guys with a fly rod where they're bent to the cork yeah. Yeah, yeah, on their 10 weight, 12 weight rod right next to the boat. I'd and the, the fish is 40 feet down, and you're right to the cork, and you've got your, you know, your sage method, the stiffest, fastest rod that you yeah. have, and you're like, oh my God, like, <laughs> yeah. don't break. You know, the guys are like holding the cork they and trying to, yeah. to lean it back. I've never had anyone break a rod in the boat, um, yeah. but you look at it and you're like, God, it's I don't like know. It's like right on the edge. Like no. it's really tight. But that so. just shows you these rods hold up. Oh, yeah. Good they're, rods hold up. They're great. Guys show up with the right tackle. Fly fishermen, especially, they show up with the right stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah most yeah. fly fishermen up there bring their own rods, but yeah. Yeah, so trolling flies, like, people are often skeptical about it, and they're like, that's not really fly fishing, but as like an interlude to your, your three and a half, four days of casting nonstop, if you just want to try and catch a really big lake trout on the fly, it's the best way to do it. You yeah. can cast for them, you can stand on a point, and you can cast a big streamer as many times as you can, but like your arm is going to fall off. You can do it, but it's not the best way to do it. So, mm-hmm. you know... Pe- <laughs> As I said, people are often skeptical about it, but like we just try and encourage people to be open-minded about the idea of like throwing on a heavy sink tip and trolling it
1: around, and uh, yeah. J- yeah. just to get just to get that big fish, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? After three, four days on the other Pacific uh. I would have left the troll a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> like, I know. I couldn't even barely close my hand. I know. At some point, yeah. your arm hurts. So it's totally true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Twelve-inch, you know, you flies. Know? Mm-hmm. Fly you know? fishing is not necessarily about casting. It's just, as long as you're using a fly and a f- yeah. fly rod. Yeah. Fly Especially fishing. if you tie your own flies, I mean, that's half the magic
3: of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like having a fly that you or someone you know tied. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah You're dragging it around, what but kind that's of just because that's what it takes to yeah, troll like that. So I tie my own stuff for up there, just because I. Up there enough that I know what mm-hmm. they're looking for. But if you get something like a delivery man or any really big pike fly will work. The bigger, the better. Um, <laughs> I don't like anything with a front hook um, because you'll often get short strikes. Yeah, uh, you'll get them oh, nipping yeah. in the back. So yeah. I really, when I tie them, I'll tie with two big 6 aught hooks, one at the front, one right. at the back. So you
0: dig the articulated. Exactly. That's the way to do yeah. it. With with yeah. two
3: big thirty-two mil shanks in the middle. So mm-hmm. huge profile, lots of marabou, lots of bucktail, big flashy. You know, you're not being imitative. It's an mm-hmm. it's an aggression stri- strike that you're getting out of the lake trout. Uh, but the bigger, the better. Yeah. Um. You can run. Uh. At the start of a week, I'll run like a, uh, a dolly llama. So yeah. a big cone head. Uh. Just a little bit of flash, and you'll catch. Every lake trout in the lake, because every small fish will eat that, right? It's right in their size range. And eventually, people get tired of that. They're like, I've caught enough six-pound fish. Like, let's go bigger. Oh, and so man. then you try and upsize to kind of weed out some I've of the enough. smaller fish. <laughs> but then they catch fish. the big fish. Do you have guests <laughs> that catch the big,
0: big fish that they they wanted to catch? And then they're just like, I'm just going to take five, and they take a break? Yeah.
3: So, I mean, you, on, a, on a fly rod, you'll catch more fish than a conventional rod but it's harder to catch big fish because you're catching so many fish yeah. so mm-hmm. if you catch a 20 pound lake trout on a fly rod that's insane like that's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a huge lake trout
0: and do you see it happen
3: yeah absolutely for sure it definitely happens i think the biggest fish on a fly rod this year was 40 40 some odd pounds like 42 40. pounds <laughs> which is which it's is forty rec-
0: some <laughs> pounds on a fly
3: it's insane right how long is the fight uh, on a fly rod, very long. I mean, so, up there, and
0: on a fly, I mean, we say, you know, people deep. are fishing you know, tarpon. You to and reel a lot.
3: Yeah.
0: I know, to say on a fly, it's like, yeah, but it's the type of fish and where you are that's so insane.
3: Exactly, and they bury, right? They go deep, yeah. so you've mm-hmm. got to be able to winch it up. That's the challenge with a fly rod, is that you don't have that same... Stiffness of a rod, so yeah. you don't have as much control. So it's 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 very much a, a thing of attrition. With a conventional rod, you can. I've guided forty-eight pound fish that took four minutes to catch because they were in very shallow water. They weren't deep. Yeah. You can pull them up, um, but on conventional rod, a twenty-pound fish, I can pretty much guarantee every one of my guests a twenty-pound fish. Yeah. It just because you catch bigger fish using bigger profiles, you so. deeper. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, a little bit, exactly. Because you're right? No, no downriggers. Oh, okay. It's all flatlining. Oh, well. The yeah. the water, if you're, if you're in Ontario and you're fishing for lake trout, you want to go, you want to find the coldest water you can, which generally means going down very deep. Mm-hmm. So downrigger, lead ball. Up there, you flip everything you know about lake trout on its head. Like, you have to find the warmest water you can find. Uh, so at the start of the season, the first week, we're fishing two, three, four feet of water, trolling very fast. Um, and later in the season, like I might with a, if I'm with a conventional angler, fish at like 25, 30 feet, like not very deep at all mm-hmm. because it's just so okay. cold. Yeah. Right. It's freezing. So yeah, that's, that's that kind of the, yeah. that's yeah. kind
1: of yeah. the lake trout scene. Like you can cast for them, but trolling for them is much more effective.
0: Well, you know, I mean.
1: So you said you can troll like, uh, like super bright color. You don't try to imitate. So you don't even have to imitate like white fish, which probably probably their food. What, white
3: fish, oh, right. uh, and Cisco. Right. Oh, the, big
1: attractant type flies that pull them in, right?
3: Exactly. So, okay. yeah, like for for me, I run like a t- a twelve inch something that's you know blue and white, white and pink, chartreuse and orange, lots <laughs> of flash. Like think pike. Yeah. yeah, think, yeah. think a pike fly, yeah, but yeah. double as big as you would fish for a pike or muskie here. Like as big as you can get. Right. Especially if you are trolling it, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. So
0: forgive me if this is crazy, because I uh, this, you fit you. So you are on Great Bear, and Great Slave is another lake. Have you spent a lot of time in Great Slave? None. Right. I've
3: o- I've only guided on Great Bear, so it's uh two very separate. They're under the same umbrella, mm-hmm. but the operations don't really overlap at all. You either go to Slave or you go to Bear. Right. That's uh because
0: Great Slave is quite the pike fishery. I've heard.
3: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. You can catch a lot of big pike, uh, depending where on the lake you are. Right. And then Great Bear is almost exclusively for the lake trip.
0: So that is very very cool that they have those options. You could do. You can decide what you want to catch, basically what kind of experience you're looking for, and tailor it to that.
3: Yeah, you basically pick your lodge based on based on That's what you very, want. Very, very cool. One of the big advantages to uh, to the main lodge is that we have the float planes that allow us to fly to the Tree River, um, and the Tree River is kind of like the crown jewel of the operation. It is the most beautiful place on earth, and it's uh, it's where the fly fishing. Like if you're a fly fisherman and you go to Plumbers, you go there for the Tree River. It's uh,
1: So that's where you see all those, like, uh, uh, Arctic char, like, orange Uh, and red colors. That was
3: smooth. I like that. that. Yes, exactly. Um, So, yeah, the Tree River is about an hour and 45 minutes from our lodge by Turbo Water. So a couple hundred miles, uh, 250 miles, give or take. Um, And it's on the south shore of the Arctic Ocean. So we have about five miles of fishable water from the mouth of the river to what we call the third falls which is like a 35 40 foot waterfall that the char can't get over and there are two other sets of waterfalls in the middle that are class 4 white water that the char can't actually jump and when you see them especially at high water you're like there's no way that a fish yeah. is going over this it's like bigger than the biggest thing you've seen on a BBC one documentary about
1: Did you see salmon jump?
3: Yeah yeah actually if so you stand there and watch it. a particular spot you can see them going up it uh, and you can you can see the lane that they use. Like there's, yeah. you look at it and be like, no, 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 maybe. And that's where they're all shooting up. Uh, but if you look down at the base of that waterfall, there'll be dozens and dozens of them just stacked up. Um, early in the season on the tree, you can go there and you can catch 20, 30 fish a day. Super willing, they're chrome. They look like salmon, they're very fresh. They're an anadromous fish. So they run from salt to fresh to spawn, but unlike salmon, they don't die. So these fish have several spawn cycles so more in like them. Steelhead. Yeah, very much yeah. like steelhead. They're very much like a steelhead. Um so you'll, you know, they go in, they're chrome when they arrive and by the end of the season they're very red, like tomatoes, pumpkins.
0: They're,
2: they're beautiful. Man. You
3: will you, see char from other from other rivers. People will catch them in some places in Europe like Greenland and and uh you know, in Norway and places like that. And they get kind of this orangey color, but the the tree river fish are tomatoes. They're they're unlike anything in the world, and they're the biggest char in the world. Um, the world record fish on all tackle out of there is 32 pounds, mm-hmm. and uh, the natives from the nearby community of Kugluktuk uh, at the base of the Coppermine River, they go and net that after we're gone when the big big run of fish happens, and they catch fish that are 40, 50 pounds out of there, Holy. like 40, 50 pound Arctic char. It's just we can't run an operation that late. You can't fly planes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's winter, so they uh, they take boats and sleds. Boats and sleds. Boats and sleds.
1: you came back like a week ago, I think? Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, The season ended on August 18th for me, and so I've been back for, I guess it's nine days since the season ended. Um,
1: What's the weather like there?
3: uh, This year was horrible. So this year the average temp was like 10 degrees Celsius. Um, We probably had rain half the season. Normally you get a bunch of days that are in the 20s, like very nice, flat, calm, really good for travel. We had six days of summer. (laughs) <laughs> uh in the two months it was the summer that wasn't it was it was really tough the tree fluctuates very widely um you get snow one day and then 30 degree heat the next day same with the main lake um on great bear but uh so, yeah so uh,
2: i mean you said uh, you said you came back and you're like oh you're you're thankful for being back in the city but there's that little bit of a reprieve that you're like oh i wish I was back
3: yeah absolutely i mean so it's camp life you yeah. know if it, so guiding in southern ontario is very different or you know guiding pretty much anywhere if you got in colorado or a montana like you go home at the end of the day right you have your guide day and then you sleep in your own bed with your dog and your wife or you know what whatever what what have you up there you're i guide every day for seven straight weeks um rain or shine unless it's unsafe which never happens like i've yeah. only had one day where i couldn't go out so you're just you're on for two straight months so you know it's very rustic you know we have we have our guide cabins that have wood stoves but definitely no heating no running water in your cabin there's a shower house and a and a, a bathhouse kind of thing
2: um So what you're saying is I should continue to bring my wet wipes.
3: Yes, yeah, baby so baby, wipes. Wipes baby wipes and are baby powder. Yeah, are <laughs> baby <wipes> and <laughs> powder? For, for guests, much more comfortable. Fantastic. Everyone's got their own bathroom. There's yeah. all these guest cabins. They're very nice. Uh but for us it's like very much guide accommodations. Right. The food is incredible. They take care of us very well. But you're ready for a real bed and it's, a real like, Yeah,
0: it's DIY for the guides.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like cut your own wood, yeah. like you know, there's there's a hot water tank for your shower, but well that's know,
0: that's an interesting segue too because Mitchie's Fishies 5 is a segment we like to do in the show where I ask you five questions and we see what people say and there are, these are this is hard heading shit you know this is the stuff that you I don't can't know if prepare. I
3: have enough, enough beer for this but let's well, we're
0: gonna get another beer. We're gonna get another, we beer we're gonna get another beer we're gonna get another beer and then we're gonna do I'm Mitchie's gonna Fishies we're gonna do Mitchy's Fishies <sighs> I know All right. you're boring okay. like that let's take two minutes to get a beer alright All right. what about food yeah. like who Where do you who eat like how do you eat do you cook yeah. For so, the guests. So so
3: breakfast is done. We have a chef. Yeah. Uh, the main lodge is Chef Greg, or Gregoire. Uh, he's been there for three years. He's incredible. Uh, so he cooks breakfast every day for the guests. And then shore lunch is on me. So if we're on the main lake, uh, we typically keep one fish a day uh, for lunch. So a six to eight pound lake trout is a lunch fish. Yeah. And we typically don't want a red fin. Uh, they're bug eaters. So the the flesh tends to be pretty pale. Mm. Um Pinkish, but not, like, somewhere pinker than bass, but south of salmon. Uh, If you get a a gray that eats freshwater shrimp, uh, the flesh is, like, sockeye orange. Like, super incredibly oily, like, your fingers are coated. Beautiful, beautiful fish. So we keep a six to eight-pound fish for short lunch, and the recipe book uh, is a mile long. Like, everyone's got their own favorites, uh, and it's a big part of the experience. You get a lot of people from the city that don't get fresh fish. Like, they get grocery fish. And also a lot of people that don't, Know a whole lot about campfire cooking. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, you you fry it or bust, or you do hot dogs and baked potatoes or something really basic. So, guys take a lot of pride in doing like bakes and chowders and teriyakis and pastas. And it's,
2: it's, did you say uh, sashimi? Yeah, yeah. So, sashimi. sashimi. (laughs) Didn't you say sashimi? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely, I did. Uh, So, so,
0: what's your favorite then? What in terms of the cooking thing? So, my favorite dish is a blackened. Cajun
3: and honey lake yeah, trout. Yeah. So you take a Cajun blend, you rub your uh cubed lake trout in it. So you fillet it, take out the pin bones and, mm-hmm. and cube it. Uh take a uh ideally uh super hot, like smoking hot, clean pan, no oils, and uh you throw it in there with the Cajun spice and it blackens the Cajun spice off. Like you just kinda mm-hmm. roll it uh take some of the heat out but you keep the flavor and then once it's done you put it in a foil pack and coat it in honey right. and then put it back on the grill and just let the honey melt and coat oh my and God. then we'll do that with you know either some potatoes or french fries or rice or corn or beans or sounds
0: so good grilled, grilled, grilled vegetables. so good it's Whoa. big part of
3: the experience for sure um so you kind of open people's eyes to campfire cooking in a big way um so yeah so we do that every day and then the chef cooks dinner so uh, Thursday night is actually wine and cheese night. What? So the chef will do uh, a big spread of like between twelve and fifteen appetizers. So uh, like bacon wrapped pike, lake trout yeah. sliders, uh, <laughs>
0: lake trout sliders, ceviche, <laughs> that
3: so sushi, sashimi,
0: oh,
2: so sausage rolls. With, with the lake trout sliders, uh, do, do they? Uh, Gab was mentioning um, that they. Um, uh, what do you call it? They mince it up. Is that what they do to make the burger and the sliders? Yeah, the yeah. He
3: yeah. he creates like a. It would look a lot like ground beef. Ground beef, um, yeah, and then and yeah. then pulls it in for for a lake trout slider. But oh, well, the yeah. uh, you asked about sashimi and sushi, but the water's so pure that a we drink it. Mm. It's just from a cup, so yeah, exactly. we don't. There's no bottled water. The day we start flying in water is the day they shut down the lodge. Yeah. Um. You can visibility in some spots is 30, 40 feet. So like, no bacterial growth, no parasites. There's almost no algae. It's just oh. it's almost sterile uh, at any depth. So uh for sashimi we if we get a good quality lunch fish we we'll literally just take the the portion closest to the tail usually and usually the bottom half so uh not up towards the uh the dorsal fin but down towards the pectoral fins you get a really thick strip so you slice that into sashimi and then you know i bring up ginger and they have wasabi up there oh and God, spicy Lord. mayo so, so this is we'll like good. this is
0: like you're fishing but like you're Living life, man, in all of its so, ways. Yeah.
3: It's it's rustic chic for yeah. sure. Yeah, you're, yeah, eating like, yeah. <laughs> you're eating
0: good food. You're eating you're eating like clean, amazing ingredients yeah. properly well. Yeah. In a place where you're catching just ridiculous food. You're not
3: staying at the Hilton. You're not going to the, the hot tub afterwards, yeah. but you you have incredible food and you're comfortable. Um You're
1: treated well. Yes. Yeah. You're treated extremely well. It's amazing.
3: Yeah, so the cooking is definitely short, short lunch is a lot of work, but it's very rewarding because yeah. people are definitely grateful when you can pull off something really, really nice yeah. over a campfire with a grill and a fry pan in the woods. and what you have in a Rubbermaid bin. So you bin bring a you bring pile of
1: wood yeah. in the boat? Nope. And then no? no, We, no, not we even, eh?
3: the only thing I ever ask my guests to do is collect firewood so i'm i am their manservant for all intents and purposes for the entire week except that i need firewood for shore lunch mm-hmm. and i have to clean fish and prep my ingredients so if they're physically able i ask them to collect firewood right. which is easier than it sounds up yeah. there like grab some you're, you're right on the edge of the tree line so there's not a lot of wood so sometimes drift it takes a, a bit of a walk yeah driftwood yeah. or we have lots of willow so they'll collect dry. Wait, wait
2: i gotta go into the woods now bears. What are we? What are we talking about here? Oh baby! Oh, so there you go. Yeah. Here so we go. So life freaks
3: them out. <laughs> there are there are definitely are grizzly bears and wolves and stuff in the area. The wolves are no problem. They they don't care about humans. They do their own thing. There's a pack of wolves that lives behind the lodge that you see very frequently. They've got. Pups and things—it's adorable, and they don't—they don't care. Grizzly bears—if you saw a grizzly bear—it's a problem. But I've never encountered one at Shore Lunch. They're—they tend to avoid humans, like they just don't want that conflict. They're off looking for food, and their range is huge, like hundreds of miles for a single bear. So they're not hanging out in one any particular area, okay. unless there's an abundance of food there. Like if you picked a spot and you did nothing but put all of your dead fish there for a month, like you'd probably have a bear problem. Um, but you know they're Arctic grizzlies. They have to roam to get enough food for. Uh,
2: so just don't be stupid, basically.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's not even like basic bear etiquette. You don't even need that much that often. It's right. just don't put your your food scraps in one spot to attract things.
0: Helm is scared? He's trembling. For I'm those not, listening yeah. at
3: home, I'm not scared. We're cutting that out. He's scared. He's scared. He's scared of bears. He's scared of wolves, aren't you?
0: Yeah, baby. No, I'm scared of them too. Don't worry, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to be scared of up there. I've never had a bear problem myself personally, so yeah. definitely not a for definitely sure. not a concern for, for anyone. Sure. Awesome.
0: Okay, I think it's time for Mitchy's Fishies.
2: I think so. Okay, let's do it. We it's got Mitchie's Fishies five so time. We it. got I'm some beers lean back for this one.
0: Yeah, these aren't hard. These, you know, we've got some good ones in here, but we're gonna start off pretty easy. I think we're gonna start off with a question that's not crazy.
3: These are for me, right?
0: These are for you. Okay. These are for Alex, the man himself. All right, let's do it. What's one thing you'd recommend future guests bring? So I think when you go on these types of trips, there's always, like, you get a guest that's like, oh, they're missing this, or they're missing that, or it's like, for those listening at home, it's like, the people are planning these trips. We just at Attawapiskat, and it's like, we we're, what, what are we supposed to bring? We know we're going to forget something. What's something you think everyone should bring?
3: So the fly the fly fishermen to Great Bear Lake should bring a sink tip heavier than anything they think they could reasonably use anywhere if they're willing to troll flies. Right. So, I this year brought up twenty feet of T twenty as a sink tip to troll. People are like that. Like, why? It's not necessary, but it is because because cat- it's, it's just too heavy. Yeah, because where else are you going to do that, right? Unless you're trolling flies. Yeah. So, super heavy sink tip, a plus number one. In terms of like personal comfort stuff, bug jacket.
0: Yeah, bring a one. bug jacket
3: if you're on shore or you're up at the tree river. The bugs can get pretty epic at certain parts of the year. Um, but yeah, in terms of like functional fishing equipment, bring a super heavy sink tip. It makes all the difference. In the so world. the
0: bugs get pretty whacked up there.
3: Well, it's the Arctic, yeah, for sure. So if you get the right conditions, it's their tip- season's pretty typically short for them. So you don't you don't deal with them for a long time. But it's
0: kind of a crazy thing. I forgot. I sort of forgot. It sort of left me that we're talking about the Arctic.
3: Yeah, it's north of the Arctic Circle. <laughs>
0: Isn't that it's, insane? I totally forgot that that's what the place we were talking about was north of 20, the Arctic Circle. 24 hours of that's daylight insane.
3: on the tree line. Twenty-four Arctic. hours
2: of
0: daylight on the train line. Oh, Arctic. And
2: what about polar bears?
3: Technically, the north shore of Great Bear Lake is the south end of polar bear territory. Oh, okay. But nobody in the history of all of the native stories up there from the <laughs> Dene people have ever talked about a polar bear being okay. anywhere close. So right. it's not even like a it's not even like a, t- a conversation topic up there. No one's ever said anything about polar bears. But it's, it's north
0: of not. the Arctic Circle, which yeah. is mean. It's nor. It's the Arctic. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's oh,
1: yeah. That's insane. That's so yeah, but crazy. It's, it's like was that a beer? No, it was my phone. Oh. Um <laughs> Polar bears, they're like, they eat a lot of seals and stuff. So yeah. I think where he is, it's a lot more closer. And, like, it's inland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think that you have, like, that so same issue cool, that, right? like, a in, inlets would have and
3: well the tree know. river is on the south shore of the arctic ocean so you'd think they'd be there mm-hmm. but same thing for whatever reason it just seems to be a pocket where we don't we don't see them you see seals and beluga yeah, and, exactly that's and what things that's like that. the question that's why they're I asked there that, yeah
2: i knew that too
3: main lodge grizzly bears are a thing <laughs> up there you'd think polar bears but yeah. no
0: main lodge yeah. grizzly bears
3: yeah for sure you're in you're in grizzly bear territory
0: <laughs> south shore of the arctic ocean that's just nuts crazy
3: you that's can swim in it we have a t-shirt that says get i was stupid enough to swim in the arctic ocean No. have so you done you, it uh five times
0: get out of here yep. what it's cold <laughs> hey do you have I've... the t-shirt
3: yeah why aren't you wearing it right now i didn't even think <laughs> to bring it uh, if i if i that's, that's
0: totally sick i want that tribe i hundred percent definitely sure. a big tourist attraction so we for do
2: our post um we do our you know our episode post so that is a perfect um, photo. So, uh, if you can bring in the shirt, I'll pull the, the T-shirt guess, out. The, drip. Yo, that's so cool, man. I got to shoot it. Would you then, do it, Yelma? Yeah, what, would I dip. do it. Yeah, i do anything once, man. For sure, absolutely. That'd be so fun. Yeah. That'd be so cool. I'm scared. I don't have fear. I'm scared. This uh <laughs> but I'll do it. He this year we have still have fear.
1: E is fear. <laughs>
2: we still had
3: ice in the in the estuary this year, so the first week we went up there there are icebergs floating around where the swimming rock is. You look out onto Port Epworth, which is on the south end of the Coronation Gulf of the Arctic Ocean. Yeah. So it's it is Arctic Ocean. You can't see land the other direction or across the salt water. People are looking at these icebergs, they're like, I don't think I'm gonna do this. Because <laughs> it's still it's it's colder yeah. than fresh water. It's colder yeah. than the freezing point mm-hmm. of fresh water. It is yeah.
0: f- Cold and you're looking at you're looking at icebergs. And you're
1: it's like it's I don't it's know. about to freeze like soon, like late September probably October. No, this 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 was the it's, it's the first right. week of July. Okay, and it was it was just thawing, and now yeah, it's okay. it's right on the edge. Yeah, but, yeah, but like uh, if you do it like now, for example, yeah, or like a week ago, it's like it's about to freeze.
0: Very it's soon. Crazy.
3: <laughs> yeah, I feel like we got away from question number. one. We did. One
0: that's really cool. We did. We did. But that's really cool. Second question. I got for ya. Okay. What do you like about guiding fly fishers?
3: I like guiding fly fishers because they tend to have their expectations much more dialed in than the conventional angler. So I find that people who go fly fishing do it much more frequently than your conventional angler, your average conventional angler. We get a lot of conventional anglers that do it... Once or twice a year, and it's when they're on these trips. They're like, they're going fishing. It doesn't take a lot of upkeep to be able to to throw a spoon or something like that. But fly fishing, if you let it go, you get rusty, and you don't want to go on a trip without having done it. So I find when fly fishermen come up, they're much happier with a much more reasonable outcome. You don't get people on fly gear that have outsized expectations for the spot that they're at. Mm-hmm. So we're an incredible fishery, but not everyone's going to catch a 50 pound fish. Yeah. Nobody comes up with a fly rod saying, I have to catch a 50 pound fish or my trip is awful. They're like, I want to, I want to catch some grayling. I want to catch some red right. trout. I'd love, a, I'd love to catch a char, but no one's like, you know, 30-pound char or bust, Mm -hmm. or 50-pound laker or bust. I find that fly fishermen are much more about the experience than they are about like the number on the scale. Holistically, right. Yeah, they love being there. It's about where they are, who they're there with, you know the act of the fishing much more than like the end result mm-hmm. on my hundred pound scale mm-hmm. at the at the end of the day.
0: Well, so. uh, here, here's a two point a two point five Mitchie's fishies five oh, question two point five. So, uh, well, you know. No,
2: no, no. I'm okay. Ca- sorry, Mama I'm, Pajama. I'm sorry. It's okay. Okay, I'm excited. Mitchie's two point
0: five is what do you like just about guiding then? Because the fly fishing, yeah, a hundred percent. That makes total sense. What is it that you like about guiding? Why do you guide?
3: So, I love being able to share that place with people. I was lucky enough to go there as a guest the first time I went there. And so I know what it's like to see it for the first time. And I know what a difference it can make to have someone who's excited to have you there and is knowledgeable and patient. Um, So, you know, people ask, how can you sit in a boat or on a riverbank and watch people catch fish all day, especially, you know, fish like we have up there. They're like, these are, you know, the fish of a lifetime you see come out all the time. Like, how can you watch that? And I get pretty close to 100% as much satisfaction out of watching other people catch those fish as I would about catching them myself. I'm not a passive watcher. I'm not a boat driver. Mm-hmm. I you know, I, I pick the spot. I'm, I'm picking flies. I know about the depth and the current and the behavior of the fish. I'm like, I feel that I was part of that fish too. And so I just get an incredible amount of gratification about watching people have that experience that I already had just from a from a different angle like i can help them have that um so that for for me that's the best part you know it's it's sometimes it's exhausting and frustrating mm-hmm. but at the end of the day you see people leave happy and be like this was an experience with my dad or my grandpa or my wife that i'm never going to forget mm-hmm. like that's you know lifetime every everyone goes up there because there are financial perks to doing it it's a job um and everyone gets paid to do it but it's also extremely extremely fulfilling mm-hmm. To watch people have those experiences mm-hmm. that are so far outside of their day to day lives in many cases.
1: Yeah.
0: Shit. Absolutely, Aldo. I'm just gonna go get Andy. So just Oh, Andy's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gab, can you film this next one?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: And if I could yeah. ask, wait, 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 wait. if you could time. film Alex, that'd be rad. But don't the pressure's not on. I'm just.
3: Let's I look good from every angle. Hey, you so look good from every angle, baby. Okay. I like that hat, too. Can- sam got into, like the yeah, into the camo game. Yeah, yeah. They They're getting into the camo game.
0: They're broadening in my their fight, my
3: fighting weight right now. This is lodge weight. So that's
0: good lodge weight. I'm looking good. <laughs> You're looking <laughs> good.
3: You're
0: looking good. That's a 15-pound season right there. <laughs> Seriously. Dude, if I went up there, so you actually gain weight when you go up there? I, fi- I lost 15 pounds. Oh, you lost 15 pounds? Yeah. I got to go up. That's a good weight loss program. Maybe that's a new sort of like angle for lodges. Yeah. Come up, lose weight. And I didn't even cut back on beer. No. No, I went. You're just working hard all day, right? All day eating day. normal. You're fish. not like sitting on the couch eating a bag of Doritos. Right. Yeah, you're but he, he's working.
2: speaking as a, as a guide. You will have to guide in order to lose that weight.
0: Well, that's the problem is, I a, I don't know how to guide, and B, I, ca- I can't really move that much. So if like I'm in the <laughs> boat, I'm like, I'll, you fish over there, but I'm, I don't want to get out of the boat and walk. C, you're
2: too get hard on
0: yourself. What's
2: that? You're too hard on yourself. You think
1: so? Yeah, I think you look fly. You could be, oh, you baby. could be a guy. I mean, you look you're so fly. Like boat person? <laughs> yeah. You look you can, so you, fly. You man. hold a boat pretty good.
2: Oh, good drop. Alex dropped a good
0: one there. Alex dropped a good one. Okay, good one. okay. So I got another fishies, fishies five, so and I got, got it a, for what, you. What are we on? Question three. We're on question three because right. so that yep. was two point kind five. Of... So yep. Yeah, three's ready. Right. This goes away from the guiding a little bit, and this okay. is just more towards you. All right. What is your favorite fish? Interpret it how you like. That could be to catch. That could be to. Ooh. Look at, eat, that can be to oh. as just a philosophical yeah. uh, thing, anything. Something you haven't caught, something you, that you've caught way too much of. Your first one, I don't know. What's your favorite?
3: Okay. So I'm going to split it into two. So my favorite fish that I've had encounters with personally is an arctic char. Mm. Because I think the environment that they live in year-round is so inhospitable, and the things... Especially on the tree that they go through to get to where they're going, it's just it's incredible. They're like salmon on steroids. It's nuts. My favorite fish in saltwater, which I've done none of. I've never been saltwater fishing. Yeah, giant trevally to me look just so badass. Yeah, that was the I was I was watching Planet Earth. I'm a Planet Earth junkie, and the fact that those things are eating birds blows my mind. So (laughs) any any fish that is actively targeting a bird to me is an absolute badass. So I'm gonna say like Arctic Char slash Giant Trevally.
1: I, I mean that is an amazing show. I'm a sucker for it. Too.
0: That's a great. Why is it that you like about Arctic Char?
3: So in terms of physical beauty, you can, you got, if you're listening, you gotta go look up some photos of these fish. And when they're in full spawning colors, they've got this brownish black back with white spots and a tomato red belly. And tomato red fins with white tips, and they look like an alien species. They they don't even look like a fish. And big or small, male or female, the males get this hump and this kite, but the females are like big red black tomatoes. They're just they're just stunning. And even when they're silver, you look they've got these. they they're silver with these iridescent pink spots and the color pink is a color that you can't capture on film. You look at it in person and it just, it glows and it moves and you, you can't capture it. We'd have to fix it in post. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the, the physical, the physical beauty is incredible. Yeah. And then, as I said, like just, you know, that this river is, is class four whitewater all the way up. Like mm-hmm. the first falls of the tree river, we've had professional kayakers look at it and be like, you would die if you did that. There's yeah. just standing waves with rocks. The second falls, they're like, you could probably do that, but it's not going to be fun. It's like 40 some odd degrees Fahrenheit. Like it's, it is like the least hospitable waterway to fish. And they're all through it. And you're like, these fish are bad ass. Yeah. Like they're just machines. So I've just, I'm just, they're so, so impressive all around. And it's so nice to be able to encounter them on a fly. So cool. To be able to catch them. So cool,
0: man that's he speaks cool. so nicely of those of those fish and i've yeah. seen pictures too and i it's the same sort of uh, innate uh like desire to want to catch a char yeah. they just look like a be- like the most beautiful fish and they it's do. like the fact that they're there and you can catch them is such a motivating it's just such an amazing thing yeah that's, awesome. Mitchie's, that's Mitchie's that's fish, fishy's 3 that's number 3 number 4 we've got another one here and this is this one <laughs> maybe might pluck some of the some uh, it might take some I of the juices so. from your brains yeah why do you fly fish? Why do I fly fish? Personally.
3: So on a personal level, I fly fish slash tie flies because I find it to be a really complete escape from my day job. So when I'm at the firm, when I'm working working downtown at the law firm, I come home from whatever day of work that I've had and I can sit down at a vice and tie a fly and that's you know 5 minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes of just being completely encapsulated in that fly mm-hmm. it's like adult coloring that so many people are into I these just days going to compare to on steroids yes. right it's arts and crafts but it's so minute and it's so finite and you're thinking about an end result not just finishing the thing uh, so that, you know, fly, fly tying, and I find fly fishing be the same thing. Like you can be stressed out in the car, the hallway there thinking about the emails you're getting, whatever. Mm-hmm. But once you tuck your phone into that chest pack and you're like, okay, I'm going to fish for an hour and not look at this, this damn cellular device, you can go that entire hour and... At the end of it, you like you you feel like you've had a chunk of time, or you haven't been thinking about anything yeah. about like what's the wind doing, what's that bug, you know, how's my drift going, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, uh, what about over there? Should I go down? You're just yeah. you're so involved in it; it's so all encapsulating that that's that's why I do it. It's like a complete a complete escape for a period of time mm-hmm. from whatever else you've got going on.
0: Oh yeah. What's your favorite memory guiding at Plumbers?
3: It's actually easy, believe it or not. No so, way. Yeah. So I had a guest last year. So my best friend at the lodge, his name's Reed. And, uh, he had a couple of his childhood mentors come up, people who taught him how to fly fish and got him into the sport. And, uh, one of the guys who came up, his name was Leon, and he's a big saltwater fly fisherman. He had a boat down South and he would do a lot of marlin and tarpon and, and things like that. And he, uh, He'd recently, due to a variety of illnesses, lost sight in his eyes. Okay. So he was like very low vision in one eye and almost none in another eye, but just an incredible two-hand angler. He'd done a lot of steelhead, steelhead swinging. So we are on the Tree River for char, and Leon needed a lot of help getting along. He's a big guy. And we got to this pool called the President's Pool, and it's named after uh, George H.W. Bush, so Bush Sr., who fished there. And it's a great swinging pool. And so Leon was an incredible angler just could not see shit. So you had to call your shots for him. Be like, Leon, I need like 60 feet of line right. at a you know a 45-degree angle with a big upstream mend and another big mend mm-hmm. and then rod way out. Like, you really had to, like, talk him through it because he couldn't see what he was doing. Wow. But once you described to him what he had to do, money. He'd nail it. No he way. Was, he was on a dime. Uh-huh. So, like, called my shot for Leon, and we're swinging at the back of this pool that's got a big rock ledge in the back corner where all the fish kinda sit and he makes this perfect swing and he hooks this fish and this is all on video actually. His his friend was behind us like watching no watching this swing. And he's got this nineteen pound male char bright red full spawning colors and he, he hooks it on this swing and on the video the fish like jumps right out of the water just it could not have gone better and we got it in the net and it's the most excited I've ever been to see a fish in my entire life I'm like there's this legally blind yeah amazing fly fisherman who just pulled this Arctic char out of this river and that's an like story. if someone told me I couldn't guide another day after that I was like that's the coolest thing that yeah, I'll ever do yeah. that I'll ever do up here so that's that's my favorite fish that is it was
0: so insane
3: it's man. not only was it one of the most beautiful fish that I've ever seen mm-hmm. but just in terms of like just the shitty lot that this really really good angler got dealt by hmm. Mother Nature yeah. just super cool
0: that's yeah. so cool yeah. That is so, so cool. that's
3: that's an easy answer for me yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've caught bigger fish than that and. It uh, just doesn't compare to that. So.
0: That is very cool. Yeah. Well, that's that's Missy's fishy's <sighs> five. Thank you so much. was not that, that only four? That was five. That that's was five. actually five. Actually six. That was actually wow. six. But we
3: we <laughs> called it two point five. That was easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have you on again. And we'll do We're a crazier. We're having
1: fun. Everything is easy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that is easy. Do you want to what are, like some parting words with people listening about plumbers, about your experiences up north? Like, what is something? If there's anything, this isn't a Mitchie's Fishies 5. This is just a, this is just, it's just a something like, what is it about the North that you would like su- to live? La- sign off people? thought. Yeah. So
3: I think in not just about plumbers and specifically, but more in general, like I think most people in the fly fishing world have a destination. that They're mm-hmm. like, someday I'm going to go to this place. I'm yeah. going to do this thing. Yeah. And we get a lot of them up at plumbers. And unfortunately we see a lot of people that I think like wait, just that little bit too long to do it. Either ill health or age catch up with them, and they don't get as much out of the experience as they could. You know, they get to the river and they can't do the hike that they need to to get to the best water, yep. or you know, they find it challenging to be out on the water every single day. Sure. And you know, they've they've made that choice. lar I think, largely for financial reasons. Like, I want to wait until yeah. I can afford to do this. But I think my message would be that, like, if it's something that's super important to you that you get to that place mm-hmm. and you genuinely intend to do it someday, mm-hmm. don't wait too long mm-hmm. because do it now. as a guide, there's nothing that, you know, is harder for me than to have a client that I want so badly to have the full experience mm-hmm. that just physically can't do it anymore. Yeah. So, you know, like money is money and it's important and it's what it takes to get to to places like that. Sure. But at some point, like prioritize that. Make mm-hmm. that trip with whoever is important enough to you to go with and do it because yeah. their memories you're going to have forever and you don't want to wait too long until you can't enjoy it as much as you want to. Yeah.
0: It really is a beautiful thing to say. It is. Yeah. It yeah. really is.
3: Yeah. No, don't because not wa- Don't wait too long wise.
0: to experience no. things
3: yeah. because at some point, you It's not the same reason people
0: travel. Um, you know, when they're young to Asia or whatever, like yeah. it's the exact same thing. Like, so you exactly. should go to these places because yeah. these places are amazing. Yeah. They're underappreciated. Mm-hmm. And you could go. And you, and sh- you know you what? To
1: be honest, what is it better to go somewhere really cool in your mid 30s? Or to go when you're like retired old, or kook. not even
3: you know in your thirties. Mean? Like, like I'm talking, do it in your in your so in your fifties, yeah, or your early sixties. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. just just don't just when you're I when just, you're physically able to. Yeah, you just don't of, want. I yeah. just I, you don't want to. It's not that you don't want to. I. It, it sucks if you're the guy no, who's totally. now 75, who's decided that now is my last it's, chance it's to do exactly it. It's exactly the yeah. thing. Is Don't I'm, I'm, wait. Unless he's it's it's
2: my dad. Not to interrupt, unless he's my dad. My dad still runs faster than I am. and he's hey, like Tell me too. about it, man. Oh. But it's a carpe I mean, diem. It's it, a, carpe, it diem a carpe diem thing. thing. It is a carpe diem thing. It's a carpe diem
3: thing. We a 94-year-old guest this year catch two fish over 40 pounds. Amazing. He's 94. amazing. He's still ticking, right? It's it's all an individual by individual basis. But Absolutely. Yeah. I think
0: what you're saying is amazing. Seize the day, 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're definitely, we're definitely going to. We got to get Norther. Yeah. And this has been an amazing. This has been amazing. Yeah. Sweet. I th- Alex, thank you so much for coming. That was on. Awesome, thank you, guys. podcast. This was Thanks so much Very for coming. Yeah. It was amazing. Love, for having. Love doing you on. it. It was fun. Absolutely. And uh,
1: hey guys, like uh, check us out. Right, Gab. Uh, what is the? Yeah. Um, on Instagram, um, at the Soulfly Crew. Uh, what's our Facebook again? I think it's so just sofly yeah I've always mixed those yeah. two. so on Facebook I love how we so still fly. are me and you are still like we uh, we don't know
0: yeah we don't, <laughs> we I, don't I, know. I don't know was go- yeah, I think we were at the news someone else posted. For, yeah exactly
1: like I don't it's know what's so going it's on. the so fly it's <laughs> the
0: SoFlyCrew, <laughs> so crew at gmail.com. Who,
1: who are we interviewing right now no. I, I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> okay let's get it straight come on <laughs> all
1: right all right at the sofly at sofly at the sofly crew at the sofly crew on Instagram sofly crew so fly on Facebook. So fly on Facebook.
0: The SoFlyker at gmail.com if you need to hit us up with any questions or if you want to go to Plumber's Lodge. Uh, if hey, you
1: have we, any questions for Alex, if you have any questions for us, anything. We've, we've got awesome email lately uh, from, we from have. fans of the shows. It's very uh, cool to yeah, see that. thanks so much. Uh, it's it's really good to get them, you know. It, it, really, is. it really is. It yeah. keeps us going, you it know. Does. It, does. it does. We'll yeah. do it anyway. But when you get an awesome email to say, like, I love yeah. the show. It just ma- it makes world. our day, man. It makes yeah. my day. I makes go man. home that day, and I even like as like when I see the email, I like take a photo of it on with my yeah. phone and text my my wife. Amen. I'm like, hey, look what we got. Hey, man. So good, hey, so man. good. You forget. Thanks. Thanks for that. Absolutely.
0: And thank you so much for listening to this episode. And
1: um, and that's it for me, Mitch. Uh, Gap. Hey, right on, people. Um, hey, I want to say something. Yes. Um, salmon season starting. There's gonna be a lot of people on the water be cool just be yeah. cool man it's it It goes a long way
2: yeah absolutely
1: yelma yeah um i mean i've said
2: enough this episode so i'm signing off
0: and alex again thank you so much man for coming on like it was a great show yeah. anytime guys that was fun thank you so much okay everybody thanks for listening and uh, take care <laughs>